0: Welcome to the Gather Houston podcast. We are a Christian community practicing the way of Jesus in all parts of life and for the good of all people. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, So this is our our fourth week uh, walking through the parables of Jesus. And our hope that what we've been saying is that as we read these stories from Jesus, these are really his his most famous stories, uh, that for us it could be a new way to see the world. We have kind of new eyes to see everything. Uh, More than yeah more than just being aware of the world more than just noticing we really want to see what's happening around us and these parables as a reminder they're not a a dictionary definition of god though that's what we often want like we want one right answer and we especially want that from jesus but they're not that they're more like a poem or a song they're stories with characters and narrative. And they don't have just one right, true answer. It's so much more complex than that, but also so much more beautiful than that. So we've looked at the, we looked at the parable of the wise and the foolish builder and talked about this challenge to not live a performative life uh, with an audience, where we feel like everyone is judging us all the time, but really live into the spirituality of practice, where we're allowed to fail and then try again. And uh, last week, Brianna taught on the parable of the talents. Uh, the story about using the gifts that we've been given and opening ourselves up to a life of abundance instead of scarcity. And uh, Today we're going to look at a really short parable uh, from Jesus in Matthew chapter 13. This is the parable of the mustard seed, and this is what Jesus says. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which that's why it's called the parable of the mustard seed. <laughs> it's a good title, creative work there. "...which a person took and sowed in a field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is the biggest of shrubs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air can come and shelter in its branches." So the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which on its own, I know sometimes we get familiar with these things, these ideas, these images that Jesus gives, even ideas like a mustard seed, but when Jesus says this, it's a peculiar idea. Jesus is saying the the work of God in the world, the work of God's people in the world, it's like a little seed, which everyone who's listening should be like, huh? Like, that's a a peculiar thing to say. Uh, But Jesus likes talking about mustard seeds. You may remember that he says in Matthew chapter 17, if you have uh, just a faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain, which again, that's another like, huh, this guy's into mustard. (laughs) Like, that's what we know for sure. Uh, and you may not have a lot of context on mustard seeds. Honestly, my only real context on mustard seeds is from stuff like this, like being in youth group, you know? Like, that's my mustard seed context. Other than that, that that's really it. But it, the original audience here, Jesus's original hearers, would have had more context than most of us have, right? We have Jesus saying, you know, the, the mustard seed is the smallest of all seeds, right? Everyone kind of knew the size of the seeds. Um, there's also other writings from the time and place of Jesus. So, We have this writing called Natural History, where uh, this guy named Pliny the Elder wrote down every known plant in the Mediterranean world in the year AD 77, and uh, he writes about mustard. Like, it's just like a thing they knew about. And this is what this guy says in AD 77 about mustard. He says, with its pungent taste and fiery effect, mustard is extremely beneficial for the health. It grows entirely wild. Once it has been sown, it is scarcely possible to get the place free of it. So, the context, kind of the baseline information that these original hearers would have had about this parable, was that mustard seeds are really small. We get that. But they're also medicinal, that can be helpful. And also, they're a weed. That's what it is. So, Jesus says, This is what the kingdom is like. The kingdom of heaven is like a tiny seed that grows into something that is simultaneously helpful for us and can't be contained. And there's a lot here uh, from this, like, just simple image that Jesus gives that might be good and beautiful and helpful, like. The kingdom of God is something that is expanding and growing and looks different in different times and different seasons. That's good news. Or the kingdom is like a weed that's wild and resilient. You can't stamp it out. That's good news. Or the kingdom of God is like a seed. And seeds take time. They don't just exist automatically. They take time and care in order to root and bloom. Those are beautiful ideas. But there's one thing that really stood out to me this week. Jesus says that the mustard seed is sown and sprouts and grows from a seed to a bush to a tree so that the birds of the air can come and find shelter. And the word shelter here, it's not in every translation. It might be translated in in your Bible as maybe um, rest, or maybe just the birds dwell, just exist, or maybe home sometimes it says perch, but the word is really here that they have some place to be, a safe place to rest. The mustard seed that turns into a bush that grows into a tree doesn't exist to dominate its environment. It exists to be a shelter, a sanctuary, a home. The, The kingdom of God is like this, a home, a place to be, a place to dwell. And now, um, growing up in my, uh, I'm trying to find better ways to say this, hyper-evangelical conservative church context, I don't know, you guys get it though, growing up in a context that required therapy later, um, I read, <laughs> sorry, i got to work on my jokes, they're getting... They're getting a a little pointed. (laughs) Uh, So I I read and understood this parable for a long time as confirmation that the kingdom of God will and should grow by any means necessary. The kingdom is just growing. It's growing. You can't stop it. You can't contain it. That's the whole point of it. It's going to grow and grow and grow. And growth is definitely a part of what Jesus says here, right? It's a seed. It turns into a bush. It turns into a tree. It's definitely a, a part of this. But I thought that um, growth was like the entire point of all of this, and I was kind of trained that church was like the ultimate like MLM. You know, it's like you got to get six people on your team, and then you got to remind them they got to get six people fast. You know, <laughs> and this growth only mindset meant that we were willing to do and say anything to achieve that growth. Because we thought that was the whole point. It's supposed to grow, the whole thing grows. Let's help it grow, 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 grow. And uh, it's October now, spooky season. Anybody love October? Is this anyone's like favorite? You guys look great. I told Rachel this morning, this is like one of my favorite church holidays. the first Sunday where people wear sweaters. It's like a real <laughs> church vibe, you know People are like, "This is it. And then you leave church and you're like, "It was too hot for the sweater." <laughs> so every time. But uh, I grew up, okay, I didn't, didn't anybody grow up in a church that was anti Halloween? Just very openly anti Halloween? So the churches I grew up in weren't um, uh, just like, they weren't telling people don't go trick or treating, but we didn't have Halloween events at the church. Like we had fall festivals, trunk or treats. Anybody, trunk or treat? It's a weird idea, kind of, you know? You could just have a fold out table, but you're like, let's open the trunks. (laughs) Some of you guys were like, I could tell you were sick this week. You really, the notes are not as strong. So no one said in my church is like Halloween, it, you shouldn't do Halloween. But it was still like a little too wit- witchcrafty. You know, like we didn't do Halloween stuff. Um, but we did participate in something called hell houses. You guys know about these? Yeah, you guys go to my same therapist. Um, So, I I looked up the definition online for what a hell house is, if you're not familiar. Uh, So, this is what it said. Hell houses are haunted attractions primarily run by Protestant evangelical organizations. They depict acts which the organizers deem sinful and their consequences, including the torments of the damned in hell, and usually conclude with a depiction of heaven. Scenes portrayed may include abortion, extramarital sex, raving, and the use of alcohol and drugs. Hell houses typically emphasize the belief that those who do not repent of their sins are condemned to hell. Sounds fun, right? So instead of evil Halloween, because that would be bad, churches would send children to go see a live reenactment of people burning in hell. And if you were like me, you went and you were like, raving seems kind of fun. (laughs) not all bad. (laughs) And so that was my, that was my religious context. Maybe that was not your religious context, but that was my religious context. And in my religious context, what we were doing is we scared people into assimilating. That was the idea. So we were willing to like sign up teenagers to be reenact, like hell reenactors or something. But we scared people into assimilating. So we used fear as the primary motivator And then we required people to assimilate into whatever culture we had decided was correct. And we didn't always say that out loud, but it was very clear that once we get to you to make a fear-based decision, then you need to start maybe dressing like us. And sometimes that was said out loud, especially to women. Uh, You need to talk a certain way, you need to act a certain way, you need to dress a certain way. We scared people into assimilating and we were willing to do any, any, clearly anything uh, to make that happen. But in this parable, the parable of the mustard seed, the growth that Jesus talks about happens in order that shelter and safety and home are found. The growth only matters in relation to the kingdom's ability to provide safety. The growth of the kingdom only matters in relation to the kingdom's ability to provide safety. The seed that becomes a bush, that becomes a tree, that becomes a shelter, doesn't ask the bird to put on a tree costume in order to belong. The bird just gets to be a bird. It's just a shelter, it's a sanctuary, there's no assimilation required, there's no coercion, there's no fear, it is just safety. So instead of creating fear in order that people assimilate, Jesus gives us this picture of the kingdom where we provide shelter in order that people heal. The kingdom of God, the work of God in the world, the work of God's people in the world is to provide that safety, that sanctuary, that shelter, a home for healing. That's it, that we grow big enough just to provide more shelter with no domination, no colonialism, no coercion, no assimilation required. Safety, shelter, home, healing, that's the entire mission. That is the work of the kingdom. The kingdom of God is like a tiny little seed that eventually grows large enough to provide a home, a safe place, like a mustard seed, helpful and wild resilient and expanding, ultimately, the kingdom of heaven that we get is one of a home, a sanctuary, a safe space. So for you, has, has growth, the idea of growth, has that dominated your ideas about church and God and spirituality? Maybe if you're like me, you felt responsible for this growth. So you've heard stories like this and you think, man, I gotta, I gotta help it grow. That's my, that's my whole job. Maybe you felt some responsibility. And I wonder if you know that you have the freedom to just rest, to dwell, to shelter. I wonder if you know that you have the freedom to not have to assimilate and to not have to do any recruiting. Right? You can just shelter and heal. And to be clear, that's all I want from you here. You know, every year, at different points, we have some folks who leave the church, who decide that they're not going to participate at gather anymore. And there are parts of me, because I'm human, that that's hard. And at different seasons, that's been harder. But um, stories like this, teaching like this from Jesus, reminds me that we don't have to be a forever home for everyone. That we get to just be the place where people show up, maybe just for a little while maybe just for a few months, and heal, and shelter, and rest, and dwell, and maybe that's not forever, and that's okay, and so for you, if you're like, I don't know how long I'm going to be around here, I might need to sit on the back row forever, that's okay, if you're thinking, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if I'm ready to show up to a group of people I've never met before at someone's house that I don't know, and open my life up, I get it, it's okay, Just rest on one of these branches for a little while. This is just shelter. There is no assimilation required. There's no coercion. Just rest. And then for you, how could you be a shelter? What would it look like for you to be a safe place? This is one of the reasons I love this mustard seed idea, because you can just do small things. That's the lesson here. It can just be a mustard seed size act of shelter. Mother Teresa famously says, not all of us can do great things, but we can do little things with great love. I think that's the mustard seed idea, right? That we, we can provide mustard seed size acts of shelter to the world around us. That we can send a text to someone we know we need to send a text to. That we can look someone in the eye, like really look them in the eye and ask, how are you? And one of the questions that our community group we've been asking is, how are you really doing? Or maybe you need to work on saying those two magic words, me too. Right? That's, that's the act of providing shelter. That when someone shares how they're doing and you say, oh, me too. That's a safe place. It's a mustard seed, seed size act of shelter and sanctuary. So just maybe think for yourself, what, what would be the, a small way you could do that this week for someone, for your partner, for your kids, for the folks you work with. What would it look like for you to be a shelter, a safe place, maybe just in the smallest of ways with the greatest of love? Or with, with this simple image, Jesus is reminding us that we just provide shelter. That's the work of the kingdom. That's our mission. That's our goal. It's the whole thing. No coercion, no assimilation required, no domination, no colonialism, safety shelter home healing this is the work of the kingdom you know when gather started uh you know four years ago my religious vocabulary because of the context i had been in it was all about growth that was it it was growth language and we talked a lot about growth here not not numerical growth but we told everyone that we wanted to help them grow in their understanding of god we told everybody we wanted to help them grow in their understanding of the Bible and grow in their understanding of themselves. We used a lot of growth language. And then about six months in, uh, I looked out at our very small group of people as I was teaching. I have a, a, vi- I have a vivid memory of looking out at our people. That's very like a third, a fourth of the number of people that are in this room. And I was giving another message about growth, about growing our understanding of God and growing our understanding of the Bible. And I thought to myself, while I was preaching, these folks are tired, which is not a good thing to think while you're preaching, by the way. Because I I looked out, and I saw a lot of young parents, and I saw folks who had experienced real religious trauma and pain, and I saw LGBTQ folks who had never found a church where they could really be themselves, and they were tired, and I kept getting up every week and telling them that they needed to do more to grow more, grow, 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 and I just, I knew something had to change, and so um, we we literally did a find and replace, like on on everything we had, and anytime it said grow, we just changed it to heal, so instead of asking people to grow in their understanding of God or themselves or the Bible, we just started telling people, hey, we want to help you heal your understanding of God, And we want to help you heal your understanding of the Bible. And we want to help you heal your understanding of yourself. No more homework. No more underlying guilt. Even not on purpose, this language around here, the three things you need to do this week, that comes with a little religious guilt and shame. And then as soon as we took healing seriously, then we knew we had to actually work to be a safe space because no one can heal if they don't feel safe. And if people were going to be safe, then we were probably gonna have to say some stuff out loud about being inclusive and affirming. It Couldn't be something that happened on the side anymore. And if we were going to be a safe place, then we had to do things like actively denounce racism and homophobia and Christian nationalism. And if we were taking healing seriously, then we would probably need to get really serious about the way that we referred and reimbursed mental health care costs. And so we started paying for people's counseling. And still, right now, if you need to see a mental health care provider, we will pay for your first three sessions, no matter who you are. And now, when I look out at you today, I see a mustard seed that grew into a bush and then into a tree. This community is a shelter. And some of you have just landed here and you are resting, and dwelling, and healing. And some of you have been here for a long time, tending the soil, and being the branches that other people rest on. But gather, we are a community of healing, of safety. The kingdom of God is like this, here among us. So gather, this is my prayer for us today. Today, in this place, with these people, you are invited to simply rest. No matter what, you are sheltered. You are safe. You are free. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in Gather, check out our website at gatherhouston.org or visit us on Sunday at 10 a.m.